BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today our topic is self-leadership and goal setting. Joining us today is Paul Grizzle, BDR Profit Coach. Paul, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Very glad to have you, sir. And I think it would be a great start for us today if you could uh, tell us a little bit about what you do at BDR and how long you've been with the company. Yeah, so I'm a head coach, which means I support our clients to drive profit and growth. And I've been with BDR for eight years. August will be nine. So I've been in the industry for 31 years this month and married for 31 years this month as well. So, Well, congratulations on all of that, uh, especially those marriage years. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's, uh, let's dig into this today, Paul. Our topic is self-leadership and goal setting. So I think a great place to start is just to ask you, what are we talking about when we say self-leadership? Yeah, so I always like to term it, too, as are you leading yourself well, right? So self-leadership. So I like to back up a little bit, if I could, to where I came up. For me, why self-leadership is so important and uh, what I've seen through doing in the past, doing family coaching, marriage coaching, and then obviously BDR coaching, head coaching, I started seeing a pattern that the way I look at it and the way I see it is uh, I see it in four different areas of leading yourself well, which is physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And then for me, I, I like, I learn in pictures and I'm an auditory learner. So for me, I just put a picture up there as if you look at a bookshelf and you had those four items, the spiritual and the physical are your bookends and your mental and emotional books on the shelf are controlled by the bookends. So when you lead yourself well, physically, mentally, mostly spiritually, and you really focus on the spiritual and the physical, what naturally happens is your bookends, the emotional, I mean, your books, the emotional and mental books on the shelf stay upright. But if you don't do your spiritual, whatever that means to you, well, you remove that or move it out because you're not doing it that much, your mental emotional books follow. You do the physical, same thing. If you're not doing physical, take care of yourself. Well, they fall over. If you really look at people who are emo- high emotions, not, not necessarily just high emotions, but emotionally off or mentally off, it almost always ties to those two. And so working with working with clients, I usually ask that question. And then I put it in a one to 10. How would you rate your overall self-leadership? And so in that, they give themselves a number. So so self-leadership to me is leading yourself well physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Okay. Wow. That's, that's already more than I bargained for when, <laughs> when I asked that question. Um, that's fascinating. And I love your analogy there of the, uh, the bookends and the books on the shelf yes. that I can completely visualize that. Um, Let's uh, take one of those just and go a little deeper because I don't think, at least from my perspective, 
when you say self-leadership, I don't always think of the physical part of that. Tell me what that means. Well, if you, if you just a simple uh, form, if you just go, go get something, you know, like, I don't know, let's just say, stop at a convenience store, get a Coke, candy bar, and a bag of chips. Well, everybody already knows, how will you feel in about an hour? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, you're gonna feel lethargic, maybe. You might might be actually coming down from a sugar high, <laughs> you know, for the candy bar and the Coke, right? And then you, you need water because of the salt and the potato chips. Well, you already know physically, what did you do? You reduced your physical, what you can do, right? Because you put the wrong stuff in you. Mm. Well, if you take that same scenario and you pick up, you know, some carrots and, you know, go the stream opposite side, right? Carrots and water and something else. Well, how's your body going to react to that? Well, which one's leading yourself well, the bag of chips or the carrots? Well, we all know it's the carrots because mm-hmm. we experience both sides, right? That's a simple version of leading yourself well. Okay. I think that's, to me, an area that maybe people don't think of right away or they neglect is the physical side when we're talking mm-hmm. about leadership. So I love that. Um, let's take another one of those those four areas, um, mm-hmm. the emotional area. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I learned from another coach. I was doing a training, and she was talking about how your left side of your brain is your logical side and your right side is the emotional side. So if everybody pictures themselves with their arms straight out and then they lift their right hand way up and their left take the left hand way down, that's high emotion, low logic. Now, if you flip it, put your left arm way up in the air and your right arm down, that's high logic, low emotions. Well, when do we do not want to make decisions? High emotions, low logic, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you're in high emotions, you can't even think straight, right? So we're emotional people. Things make us emotional or we choose to be emotional based on somebody's reaction to us or what have you. So we're it's always an ebb and flow. Your emotions are moving. You know, you might experience something with a friend. Like this morning, I went had coffee with a coach and it was just, it was enjoyable, right? So my emotions are up, I'm excited. And when I leave there, I leave emotionally filled, which impacts my emotions. Well, when I went to the breakfast place after that, I was in higher emotions in a good way, which means I came across to the waiter in a more of a positive emotional state. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, no, that, that is helpful. So I, I think this is great. Let's just uh, touch on these other two areas that we haven't talked sure. about yet for some more detail. So we've talked about physical, we've talked about emotional. What's mm-hmm. the, what's the mental area? Well, mental is your thought pattern. You know, self-talk is so powerful. And what I find working with people, especially if I see their mental and mentals off, I'm like, what What do you say to yourself? I'll give an example of myself. This is pre-Paul Grizzle, probably 10 years ago. 
Okay. Well, maybe a little bit further back, and it's been a journey. So basically my self-talk was, you're not smart enough. You can't do this. You don't have the education. You know, you don't wear the right clothes. You don't make enough money. All these negative self-talk, right? It's all mental. Mm-hmm. Well, what did that do to me emotionally? Well, it brought me down. You see how they're tying together? Yeah, they're they're all connected, sure. Yes. And so, well, what did I do? Well, I, it's a scripting. It's interesting. If you start listening to people, we all have our scripts. And we love our scripts, even if they're negative towards ourselves. <laughs> and other people may not even know our script, but we do, and we have it memorized. Well, some of these labels I, I actually got from teachers growing up. You're nothing but poor white trash. You'll never be anything. Even my heating air trade guy. An example, he just said, you'll just be this, this, this. Well, if you back that up, was he live, living, leading himself well? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Well, I took up, I took on those scripts. I made them my own, which I, I didn't know I shouldn't, but I did. Well, then I had to start learning new scripts. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. I now like myself. And now I say positive things about myself. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually pretty dang smart. I'm gifted in areas other people are not, right? So I changed my script. Well, because I changed my script, now I sit up taller when I'm talking because I like myself. Well, what am I doing? I'm empowering my mental side. Sure. It's, this is powerful, Paul. Thank you for sharing this with us. And we have... Uh... One more area that we want to touch on, the spiritual. Yeah, you bet. So spiritual is really impactful. And so I know you got to be cautious, right? Because everybody is on a spiritual journey. We're all spiritual people. Whether you, I mean, 86%, I think based on the Gallup poll, people believe in God, right? So they tend to put spirituality into religion or God or what have you, which I think that's all tied in, obviously. Well, what does that even mean for you? And some people say, well, you'll hear them say, mind, body, and soul, right? Well, that's the spiritual side of us. We're created with the spiritual side. But sometimes we neglect it, especially in business. This goes, it's a deeper level. Who do you, and if you kind of look at it, is there something bigger than you out there? Or how do you, like some people might do yoga and that's a spiritual experience for them and they feel uplifted some people might go to church right and that's their spiritual experience and they've come out uplifted and empowered right so that's a journey and if you look at just you can literally take an office space everybody in the office space would have a different definition of what spiritual means to them sure Sure. Well, that's uh, super helpful. Um, so I, I love that that vision you gave us of the kind of our self leadership bookshelf, where we've got the the physical, mm-hmm. the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual, with the physical yeah. and the spiritual being our two bookends. That that's a great mm-hmm. way to start this discussion. So let's uh, let's now kind of turn our uh, attention to. We've kind of looked at ourselves and mm-hmm. through these four areas. Let me ask you this. How does the way we lead ourselves 
individually impact how we can lead other people. Oh, it's so powerful. So think about it. If you, I like to connect it to the emotional cup. If you look at yourself as a cup, right? And let's just go with a styrofoam cup. It's just a plain Jane cup. We're all a plain Jane cup. (laughs) Well, if you're filling yourself with your spiritual, your physical, your mentally, mostly stable, you literally are filling your cup to where the top piece, you're literally almost overflowing. So if you take all that and say it's a liquid, you poured it into your cup because you're doing this daily, you kind of have a, you know, you figured out, okay, this is how I leave myself well, this is how I fill my cup up. Well, what happens if your cup is filled to the brim and you run into somebody? Well, you get them wet with your positive emotions because you're healthy. Overall, just the whole spectrum of you is healthy. Well, what happens when you run into somebody who's healthy? Man, you get a piece of positivity. So let's take that same scenario. What if somebody's not leading themselves well and they take a long time to do physical or spiritual or they totally disconnect spiritual from their life? And they may do physical well, but they're still missing a book in. Well, their cup tends to get lower and lower of liquid, if you will. Well, that's where all the guilt, shame, fear, anger, hurt is all at the bottom of the cup. What happens when the empty cup and wind blows? It blows over easily and it pours out emptiness. Well, you've ran into those people. Sure. You're like, whoa. Well, what's wrong? Well, their emotional cup is empty, so they pour out emptiness on me, and you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're impacting. So when your cup's full, you're splashing them with positive emotion, just positivity in general. Yeah, you got to fill in your cup. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you got to, we got to have something be to give, <laughs> you know? Yes. And if you're not leading yourself well, how in the world could you lead anybody else? Yeah. And, uh, and it starts immediately with your family. If you're married, if you cannot lead yourself well, since I'm a guy, I'm a husband, if I'm not leading myself well as husband, how well am I going to lead my wife if I'm empty or partially full or whatever? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to happen to my relationship with my spouse? Well, it's going to get a little bit empty. Yeah. Well, what do I get? What do I get to do? Oh, yeah, that's right. I need to sure up my spiritual book in. I'm going to sure up my physical. What that means to Paul Grizzle, and I'm going to rock that out so my mental and emotional is ready to give to my spouse. Okay. Um, so. Next question I want to ask you, Paul, because you you brought up a lot of stuff that it it gets me thinking, man, self-leadership, I'm really going to, if I want to get better at this area, I really got to look at myself pretty critically. Mm -hmm. And that's not always easy for us to do. How do we overcome that challenge of kind of being critical and, and, and getting better ourselves? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And I would trying to probably switch it up a little bit and say, what if we just became self-aware? We don't have to be critical. We are who we are, period. 
Well, what if we were okay with ourselves? And we looked at it and we just came in, not to be selfish, but self-aware. If you're self-aware and you finally know who you really are, not what you've been told, right? <laughs> like in my example earlier, I've been told who I am, but that's not who I really am, right? Well, once I became self-aware of Paul Grizzle and how he operates, well, if I'm in my own strengths, I walk around more confident. So if you come back to looking at yourself, well, look at it in a way, am I, am I making the impact I want to make with the people around me, right? So if you're self-aware, you're going to know those growth areas you know you need to grow in. It's not critical or it's not criticism. It's just you're aware. It's a fact. That's yeah. it. Just a fact. And you take the fact and go, I'll give an example. I want to, I am going to lose 20 pounds by my birthday, June 30th. I'm self-aware starting January of this year, I was 200 pounds. By the end of January, I was 205 pounds. It's a fact, right? I'm going the wrong direction. Well, do I condemn myself or do I go, okay, that's the fact. What did I do? Okay, a couple, I had a couple of onsides, I didn't eat well, blah, blah, blah. Well, what do I do now? Okay, let me change what I'm doing physically, intake. And then I also got connected to another coach to say, hey, can I just send it to you this on Sunday, what I'm doing, just for a mental accountability to you to leave myself well? Well, and now I'm at the end of March. Okay, I'm back to my my weight, but I've lost inches. At least know the facts. Do I criticize myself that I'm the same weight? Or do I allow myself to just use the facts to get me to where I'm going? Uh, I love that. Know the facts. And you're, I loved how you turned that question around. Let's, we don't have to be critical with ourselves, which has a negative connotation right. to it. We just have to become self-aware and just be honest with ourselves about what's happening. And mm -hmm. then it's so much easier to say, as you said, am I making the impact on around to others that I want to? Or the thing that came to my mind is, am I reaching my personal potential? Correct. And being self-aware is not selfish. Yes. It's self-empowering. Well, this is, uh, I'm loving this conversation, Paul, because I think it's getting at something that um, so many of us uh, struggle with. And, and we feel like, boy, if I allow time for myself to, to work on these kind of things, that's time I'm not giving to other people. Um, but it's really, to be able to give, we have to <laughs> tend to ourselves a little bit. That's correct. Well, in our industry, unfortunately, what word do we hear a lot? I'm burned out. Well, yes. how come? Could we choose not to lead ourselves well? And it's almost taboo to take time for yourself. Just getting your clients to go on vacation. They pay everybody else in the company to go on vacation, but who? Themselves. Then they feel guilty if they leave. Right. So that's an example of not leading yourself well. As an owner, we have to get recharged, filled our emotional cup back up. And that, that's different forever. I mean, you put me outside, 
man, my cup is getting filled really quick. <laughs> you throw me on a kayak and going fishing? Whoa, man, my cup's going to overflow, right? So, it and this goes back to being self-aware. What fills your cup? I have friends that could sit and read a book for hours. Hey, you have at it. That, that would drain my cup. If that fills your cup, man, go for it. And I'm going to actually encourage you to go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said something too that I, that I thought was great. And you've, you've used this word a couple times, choose, choose to mm-hmm. lead yourself well. We've got a choice here. Yes, it's all choice. Yeah, and to me, that's, Here's very, cool part. that's an opportunity. We, we just have to yes. grab it. Yes, here's the cool part. We don't have to do anything. You don't have to lead yourself well. We get to. We live in America where we're free. That's, I mean, just that, just a gratitude. I mean, I live in Texas. I love living in Texas, right? But if I stay in my hula hoop, you know, if you're old, at least old, as old as I am, you know what a hula hoop was, <laughs> is, right? Well, put your hula hoop on the ground and lead the person in the hula hoop first. If you lead that person first, then you could go mess with other people's hula hoops to encourage them to lead themselves well in the hula hoop. If you got technicians, teach them to lead themselves well. What's automatically going to happen when you teach your team to lead themselves well? They are going to love on your customers and your clients. What are we craving? Our, what are our clients craving? Please take care of me. That's what yeah. they're really saying. Please take care of me. Well, Look, I, we're taking. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Paul. I just I oh, love no, how you're, you're bringing it to now a business context of mm-hmm. how this can impact our our companies. And I think you're just so right on with what you were saying. So continue. Yeah. So if we if we look at this, if the leader chooses to lead or lead herself well, and I've seen this with my clients who finally get it, right? I just kind of, hey, let's, are you leading yourself well? What's your score? One, you're eating dirt right now. Ten, you're awesome. And five's a sissy answer. (laughs) You have to be a one through four or a six through ten. You have to choose. Or no, let me back that up. You get to choose your score. Well, if you're a six, well, how do you get to seven? If you're a three, hey, let's back up and punt. What, what what do we need to do? Is this is almost emergency time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you know your number, it's just a fact. If I'm a seven, which which means then I ask, okay, what's your score on spiritual? What's your score on physical? Which one's lower? All right, let's do spiritual first. If we get your spiritual up two points, well, that's automatically give your overall score up at least a quarter of a point, and it's simple. Now, remember, Matt, this is easy to do, and it's easy not to do. Mm. So that's a good lead into my next question I have for you, Paul, is if we haven't been doing a great job on our self-leadership so far, how mm. do we get started? And what, what are some things we can we can do to, to really start leading ourselves well, as you say? Yeah, I would just start with a cup of coffee and sit on your porch or sit somewhere where you feel at peace, where you feel is the most tranquil for you. It could be inside, it could be outside, whatever 
your niche and say, where do I truly want to be? Mm-hmm. I like personally looking five. I'm, I tend to, what's a 75 year old Paul Grizzle? How is that guy going to be? Well, what choices do I make today to become him? And then what's my five-year Paul Grizzle? What's the 10-year? So I like looking at that. Well, I would say, what about just one month from now? If you're brand new to self-leadership, okay, what about just tomorrow? What do you want to be tomorrow? And let's just take have a cup of coffee for five, 10 minutes and go, what is one activity I can do that would immediately up my score by one? Mm-hmm. And it could be literally taking a walk outside, taking a walk around the block. If, you know, let's say that you're like, I want to get spiritual and I connected to church. And you just watch a sermon on YouTube or something. Sure. This is about getting started. And, uh, and I like, yeah, just, just get started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've heard uh, people say you create a better tomorrow. You do that today with what you, your actions yes. you take today. Mm-hmm. Um, Cool. So I, I, and like I like, that. and I like what Jim Rohn said. I'm, I'm pretty positive he said it. You know, if you're gonna start your, you want to start your month before the month starts. Start your quarter before the quarter starts. Start your year before the year starts. Well, what are you doing? You're future casting instead of waiting for the day to show up. Unfortunately, people that are not leading themselves well, what I find is they wait for the day to show up to be ready for the day. Well, let's start last night. How about just saying, what's one thing I want to accomplish tomorrow? Just that. Keep it very simple. Yeah, I, I've always uh, been drawn to the mindset of being proactive rather than reactive. Mm-hmm. And and I, that just fits right in with what you said of, yeah, can we do a little preparation to make our tomorrow better, to make our week better, to make our month better? Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be a whole list of things. It could be one activity I can do tomorrow, just like you said. I love it. Yeah. Or just take out one negative word of your life. Mm. Like the word should. I like to make fun of this word. <laughs> and when somebody says, I should do this, I'll say, are you shouldn't on yourself again? <laughs> we don't want to should on ourselves, which is kind of funny, right? <laughs> it's, it's semantics. But but what what if we took some of these disempowering words out of our vocabulary? Or like the word try, my clients now know when they say try, I'm going to ask, what does try mean to you? <laughs> I can see how uh, you could be a, uh, a uh, an empowering coach, but also one that gets under people's skin a little bit, Paul. Uh, yes. I tend, <laughs> part of my gifting is I'm bold and I'm okay with uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I, that's sometimes how we get to better places. We got to be in uncomfortable a little bit in between. And if for the greater good of where that client wants to go. Yeah. It's not where I want to go. They asked me to coach them or BDR, right? They asked BDR. I want to grow profit and growth. That's what we do here. Well, the part of your growth is personal growth. And the clients I've seen, really hone in on personal growth there. It's very interesting, Matt. I find their company matches their growth. Hmm. Hmm. And so I have, I have, I haven't seen, they'll talk in, I'm going to be a $6 million company. 
but they're a two, $2 million leader. Well, if you want to be a $6 million company, let's be an $8 million leader. What does that guy or girl look like? Yeah, yeah, it's, and it's it becomes a potential discussion, I, and I yes. love that. And I think, can you talk about how, um, I know we're talking self-leadership here, but um, mm-hmm. seeing the potential in other people, can you mm-hmm. give us a little bit on that? Yeah, so I'll just use my example uh, of just me. So there were some two teachers particularly in my life that Mrs. Mars and Mrs. Smith, who made a big impact in my life. I did not learn. I was dyslexic until I was 30. So I struggled in school, especially reading (laughs) and writing. And, And, you know, that's not my gift today either. But it was interesting, though. Because they chose to look past my upbringing, because I come from a, let's just say, a rough background, and they knew that, and but they looked past all that to say, we believe you're smarter than the way you're acting. Mm. And Miss Mars in particular, this is high school, Sally Smith, phenomenal teacher, who, by the way, in fourth grade, when she taught me, I'm 50 years old, and she still calls me. Holy cow. Wow. So this is somebody who spoke life into me and chose to look past my stuff to believe I was smarter than I am. Miss March did the same thing. She goes, I see that you're not doing the test. I'm going to start giving you verbal tests from now on. Just sit there in the classroom while everybody's taking the test, and afterwards I'll read it to you. Well, she took the time to realize there was something greater in me that I couldn't see, but she chose to do it anyway to go the extra mile for me to allow me to pass her class. And I still run into her at the grocery store every once in a while. And I still tell her how much I appreciate her. Wow. Yeah. It's a, we can really have a, a incredible impact on people's lives. And, and, and if we're leaders in a company, mm-hmm. we can, sure can have an impact uh, on the lives of the people that work with us. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about that too, Matt, going back to they we we can look and give speak life into them and and work on pulling that out of them, but it's their choice to allow themselves to grow. Yes. Yes, the choice. So um let's uh kind of change uh how we've been uh uh let's go to a different area, I guess what I'm sure. saying is we've talked a lot about self-leadership. You've given us a lot of uh, background on that, some great ways to, to get started leading ourselves uh, well. Um, if we start doing that, what's gonna, what are we going to find with, with maybe the goals that we have? How does good self-leadership tie to goal achievement? Oh, it's, man, it's hand in hand. So it's very powerful to set goals and you don't believe in yourself. How likely are you to, to get to the goal? If you already are untalking yourself out of the goal when you set it. Well, what if we chose to get happy or not happy, healthy, right? Well, if I'm leading myself well, physically, spiritually, my mental and emotional are on track. They're shored up. My bookends are close. What's that automatically going to do for me? My attitude changes. The power of the attitude. Well, if I have a great attitude with the goal I set, what if I happen to miss the date of the goal I set? 
Well, if you're leading yourself well, you're going to go, oops, I missed it by two weeks. I'm pushing it by two weeks. But I still have my goal. But if I'm not leading myself well, well, all of a sudden you go into that negative talk because you didn't make it by the date because you're in the negative side. Well, if you're in the positive side, you're going to go, oops, I just missed the date. I'm just scooting it back two weeks. Yeah, it's uh, kind of a different confidence level. Um, you approach it that way. I love that. Applying a great attitude towards your goal. I think that's kind of what you said there, which is, that's a powerful statement. Um, so let me ask you this then, Paul, how does one set good goals? How do we go about doing that? Yeah, I think the simple, and if people done any goal setting or seen it out there using the smart method, which is, uh, we want to be specific on our goals. So in setting goals, we want to be specific. So if you spell out smart, I had to write it down just because I spelt it wrong. It's M A. It's sorry, S M A R T. Right? That's the letter or the word smart. Well, the S stands for specific. So I was working with one of my wife's teammates, and she had a goal. So she sent me out her goals. She said, hey, can you go over my goals? I was like, sure. And she wants to go to Germany. And so, okay, specifically, where do you want to go? Well, I'm going to go where my friends are there, their military base. Okay. But I was like, okay, but where do you really want to go in Germany? Well, I want to go to this town. Tell me the reason why you want to go to that town. She goes, "That's that's my namesake. What just happened? I, she got so specific, connected to her namesake. What happened? An emotional why showed up. She had a why to go to Germany to visit her friends. But we got down into the gold. I call it digging for gold. We picked out the gold. It was her namesake. And just that day, her, her uncle, who was a priest, was has the same namesake. So it connected emotional because she had his funeral that day. So that even gave it more of an emotional why. And wow. now we are specifically specific where she's going on purpose, right? Then you take the measurable, M is, in, is measurable. Can you put facts to this? Can you measure it? Can you put it on paper? Can you calculate it? It needs to be measurable mm-hmm. and achievable. If you say, I want to make a million bucks this month and you don't have a job. Well, that's not achievable. Right. Yeah. But we do this to ourselves for some weird reason. We set these big audacious goals, but we don't, we're not even, how about we start with, how about I go get a job? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> let's start there. Right. And let's make uh, 30,000 a year and then 50 or whatever. Right. Well, let's make sure it's achievable and relevant. Is it relevant to you? Is this your goals or somebody else's goal? Because mm-hmm. if it's somebody else's goal, are you going to really try to achieve it? No, you're not because it's not relevant to you. And then we want it to be time sensitive, right? So you, if you have a time on it, that's where I was just talking about. It's okay to set a time. Even if you miss technically when you're going to get it done, move the time back. There's nothing wrong with that. 
It's just when you first calculated, you did not know all the details that are going to lead you up to that. So this is where it goes back to keeping it. So if you stay smart, set your goals in smart, then you plan, you do it, right? So you plan, you do, then you review it. So every so many weeks, review it. So what you can do is then improve it, or I call pivoting. Sometimes we need to pivot in the process. You know what this makes me uh, think of, Paul? What's that? Business planning. And I was going to say this ties right into business planning. Well, if you look at business plan, what are we doing? We're setting a plan. Or I like to look at 12 months as 12 football games. Mm. Well, you already set up your playbook for all your coaches that work on your team, all your players. You set the whole year up. Now let's use your plan, right? And then what are you doing? Once a week, once a month, a minimum twice a month, reviewing your plan. How are we doing? Do we need a pivot? Are we rocking it out? Where are we at? Depending on what month of the year. Well, then you once you review it, then you improve it and you pivot. So you end up beating the scoreboard that you already set for yourself. And this is why it's so important to tell your team their number. Everybody needs a number. Now, let me let me reframe that. Everybody gets to have a number because when they know their number, they're now empowered to reach their number. So dispatcher has a number, X amount of calls per day. Service tech has a maybe a couple of numbers. Keep it simple. Average ticket, daily revenue go. And he knows the dispatcher call count is this for him every day or her. And then, you know, you might have the installers who know I got to stay in labor times quoted, right? So you really take your playbook, business plan. That's why I love the business plan. What's interesting about the business plan is we don't know how to use it. Okay. Tell me more. In general. So what I, and I'll just use me as an example. I have my business plan, 2012. It was January. Dave McDuffie and Megan helped me and Laura bless their hearts. They had two people they were working with that had no clue at that time. Well, they we did it. That's what I love about BDR. We got the plan done. Now what do you do with the plan? Even though Dave was like, here's your plan. But I, it, I could not put the two pieces together. Why? I don't know necessary at that moment, but it takes practice. Well, most of us, well, I'll just speak for me. I never, I did not have a business plan the entire, up until I met BDR. Well, okay. What's the, what do you do with it once you're, so then it takes practice. Well, you just take the first year you get a business plan. Just use the whole year as a practice round. Mm. Once you use the first year as a practice round, then what do you do? Oh, okay. Now I think I understand how this play. It's almost like you're a brand new coach and you never used the playbook before. And you're like, oh, okay. And so you're being taught for a year. How do you at least think about it, right? Well, the second year, you're going to get a little bit better. Third year, you're going to get a little bit better. And by the fifth year, you're like, dude, I got this down. Everybody has a number now, and I know why I have this plan. So I planned it, I did it, I reviewed it, and I improved it. And the business plan is smart if you think about it. 
right? Specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time sensitive. That is our business plan. That's what I love about our business plan. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's, like you said, that's how we set uh, good goals is through those smart goals mm -hmm. and uh, having a plan, whether it's for our business or, or maybe for ourselves, you know, that's how we can achieve these dreams that we have. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul, man, this has been a powerful conversation uh, on self-leadership and goal setting. Um, I feel like we've covered off on a lot here. Uh, any kind of final thoughts that you'd want to share with our listeners? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, this has been fun. So, uh, you know, if we really kind of sum it up, use your uh, personal assessment as a tool to learn who you are. And then start with gratitude. What are you really grateful for today? Beautiful. Well, I think that's a wonderful place to start. Um, and I want to thank you so much for being here, Paul. Really well, appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. Mm -hmm. we will have to do it again and uh, so our thanks to paul and thanks for everyone listening we'll see you next time